All right. So we're back. Um, look, glad you could be here with me. And we are going to get into the story about Ukraine drug smuggling, salt mines, and the Wagner Group. All right. Let's get into it. Our talk radio, live in 4K. about uh, the story because i help uh, fair use by the way fair use i'm gonna be looking into an interview with zelensky goon mikhail mayman who has uh turned into a whistleblower about what's the dirty uh deeds of what's going on in ukraine michael to create his uh, telegram channel ah okay i know, I know everything great for me, it's very easy to explain your situation. Perfect, perfect. If you want, if you if, if you want, we it's for us will be not very difficult to write uh, a short brief with explaining situation. And after, if you say it's okay, if it's interesting to you, we communicate and to speak more, and you maybe ask another some questions. Well, I'm just, I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna just meet with my boss afterwards. So, um, yeah, if you wouldn't mind. Just kind of film. I, 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 try, I try to tell a short story. Okay. Short, 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 like short brief of the situation. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Ukraine right now in war with Russia, mm -hmm. right now, and we have special forces in Ukraine in uh, our intelligence service. It's uh, GUR. It's our military intelligence, and the leader of this military intelligence is uh, Mr. Kirill Budanov. Okay. Yes, it's uh, legendary. Uh, intelligence service with uh, a lot of uh, uh, special operations, but uh, this structure work with uh, international crime group with name Himprom. Yes, they kidnap people inside Ukraine and to help uh, and to help uh, uh, difficult to explain, they create uh, drugs inside Ukraine. Uh, uh, narcotics manufacturing. They manifest, they create drugs inside Ukraine uh -huh. and send the drugs to Russia. And it's like special operation uh, with drugs, but uh, Part of the drugs are uh, stay in Ukraine, and the business of this uh, group in Ukraine right now is hundred thousand dollars per day. Serious? What? Really? Pablo Escobaro. Yes, it's probably about six hundred thousand dollars per day. It's and you know uh, if we told about all uh, first person of uh, Ukrainian government mm -hmm. deputies. And leaders of intelligence service who in this uh, uh, situation, it will be hundreds of surnames. My Mikhail uh, was he was a commander of uh, a battalion. Yes, Archangel Mikhail in the suit. He was battalion. Battalion. You know what's meant battalion? Yeah. Battalion. Battalion. Yeah. It's same. Yes. 
Yes, he I was. Commander. He, he, was, he was commander of this battalion, and uh, one of his... Um, uh, deputy. Uh, Deputies, yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes, this is deity. Okay, so several of his deputies started to work with Himprom. So, if you write in Russian or Ukrainian segment of the internet, Himprom and Burkin, you will find thousands of articles. With photos, with facts, with captures, with by the employees of SBU, of police. Twenty-four million dollars were found in his office. Seriously. Very little of information. Uh huh. So it's like part of, it's, it's a branch of economy in Ukraine these days. Himprom's got three directions. Mm -hmm. First is they producing two synthetic drugs. They invented a new formula. It's called salt. Well, it's a slang name. It's artificial cocaine, which is a little cheaper than real cocaine, but it's for it to be easily accessible for average middle-class people. This product is produced in tons. They don't. They bring chemicals. Let me play that back. Let me play. They, they are selling crack. <laughs> what happened to all those billions of dollars that Zelensky got from the U.S. Congress? What happened to that? And you're selling crack? Let me play that part back, please. I want to play that part back. Hold up. Stay in Ukraine, and the business of this group in Ukraine right now it's a hundred thousand dollars per day. Serious? What? Let me play that little. Yeah, let me play it back. Special operations, but this structure work with international crime groups. His name Himprom. Yes, they kidnap people inside Ukraine. And to help, and to help, it's difficult to explain. They create drugs inside Ukraine. Narcotics manufacturing. They manufacture. They create drugs inside Ukraine. Uh huh. Sell this drug. Sell this, and send the drugs to Russia, and explain it's like special operation with drugs. But big part of the drugs are stay in Ukraine, and the business of this. A group in Ukraine right now, it's hundreds of thousand dollars per day. Serious? What? Pablo Escobar. Yeah, it's probably six hundred thousand dollars per day. It's and you know if we told about all first person of Ukrainian government deputies 
and leaders of intelligence service who in this uh, uh, situation, it will be hundreds of surnames. My Mikhail uh, was the uh, commander of uh, uh, a battalion. Of, uh, yes, Archangel Mikhail uh, in the suit. He was uh, battalion. 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 You know what's meant battalion, yeah? Battalion. Battalion, yeah. It's same battalion. Yes. Yes, he was, commander. He, he, was, he was commander of this battalion. And uh, one of his... Um, uh, deputy. One of his, uh, uh, deputies, yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Yes, this is it. Okay, so several of his deputies started to work mm -hmm. with Himprom. Okay. So, if you write in Russian or Ukrainian segment of the internet, Himprom and Burkin, you will find thousands of articles. With photos, with facts, with uh, captures, with uh, by the employees of SBU, of MV, of uh, police. Uh, Twenty-four million dollars were found in his office. Seriously. Great load of information. Uh huh. So it's like part of, it's, it's a branch of economy in Ukraine these days. Himprom's got three directions. Mm -hmm. First is they producing two synthetic drugs. They invented a new formula. It's called salt. Well, it's a slang name. It's artificial cocaine, which is a little cheaper than real cocaine, but it's for it to be easily accessible for average middle-class people. This product is produced in tons. They don't. They bring chemicals from, and and they create kitchens where they cook that stuff. So three directions. First is production of these drugs, mm -hmm. and in this process, there are military intelligence structures involved. Okay, because they position it as some sort of special operation for weakening Russia and Russian army. No shit. Most of these drugs are sold inside Ukraine and to Ukrainian. So they know they can't. So they know they can't beat Russia um, head to head. So they're trying to weaken them through. Uh, Drugs. Hmm. Sounds similar like when they tried to flood the black community with drugs. Very similar. You want to destroy a people. You can't. You have to do it in an indirect way. So you're going to just destroy the population with drugs, break down their morals. 
Sick, twisted. Soldiers to the front line. Each soldier there himself personally and his guys they get salary of 100,000 hryvnas it's impossible to spend this money on the front line you are in trenches it's war so it is so horrible there in trenches when you are under rockets and missiles that the guys there in order not to fall asleep they buy for this their own money these drugs every day so they stay awake they've spent awake weeks they smoke that in lamps these are the drugs that you can smell smell you can inject it my god so this story didn't start today it started in ukraine back in 2014 and in this scheme there are a lot of uh, uh, Ukrainian uh, uh, um, officials from MVD, that's police, mm -hmm. and the Ministry of Internal Affairs, and from SBU, and from military intelligence. So let me ask you... So, wait, John, this is first direction. And the thing is, the U.S. government has been helping Ukraine since 24, for eight years, for eight years doing it since 2014. So, you want to bet they knew about this? You want to bet the United States government knew about this? This is the first, the story with drugs is the first line of direction of work of Himprom. The second is in Dnipropetrovsk. They got several data centers, big data centers, call centers, correction, call centers, with hundreds of people sitting there, working there. They... How do you sell drugs? You have chats in Telegram where people write. Mm -hmm. So you write in a chat and you receive how much you need to pay you receive this information once you transfer this money you get the location of where there is the where the drugs is where it's dug or hidden so this is the call centers that do this job but besides that those call centers also they what they do they call to the u.s mm -hmm. and to canada mm -hmm. And they do different machinations with credit cards. Seriously? Yes. But, yeah, but how would they get the narcotics to Canada or the U.S.? They have IP telephony. They have contacts no, no, in the U.S. No, it's about credit cards. It's about credit cards. They fuck with credit cards. It's second direction. Drugs separately, credit cards separately. They call to Miami, they call everywhere. They call old people. They say, guys, you have a problem with your account. Ah, and they scam on credit cards. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
they are high class people, super professional people who know how to talk to people. They have conditions of work, like if you co come to work with a mobile phone, with your own mobile phone, mm -hmm. you come to work with your phone and they see the phone and they have a video on that when they cut fingers away. What the fuck? For yeah. bringing the phone at work. Yes. He will send this video. Holy shit. It's not bullshit, it's true. So this is the second direction of him from the third direction. Because they have this huge um, uh, turnover of cash. Mm -hmm. the, throughout the world. Together with Chechen Mafia. Chechen. Yes, from Chechnya. They move money. What does it mean? It's cryptocurrency machinations. When you give cash in one place and you take cash in the other place. Basically, you put $10,000 in Kiev, you give $10,000 in Kiev, and you get $10,000 in the London or in France, he says. Sure, but this mm -hmm. is normal. No, it's normal, right? No, it's illegal. You just give $10,000 in cash and you get cash elsewhere. This is the money that is not taxed, that no, nobody controls. What is the procedure? So it has nothing to do with any bank system. Like you meet someone from Chechen Mafia in Kiev, you give $10,000 or $5,000 to this person, and the photo of the... Photography of who? Купюры? And the photo of the note, of the note that uh, the person will receive. And then somebody in Brussels, for example. Mm -hmm. Then, then you, you get the location where you must be, in Oxford, in London, somewhere, in Paris, in Amsterdam. You come there, you show this note, and you get the money in cash after you show this note. We can show you this procedure on camera for you, right there. So you can you can have a journalist who would walk this way, if you will. Okay. I have people today, I know people who now live in London. Mm -hmm. It's girls, girls who are single mothers, who went there as if they are refugees from Ukraine. Mm -hmm who have completely financed by this group yeah and so they make campaigns to legalize this money in order to be able to move the money like this mm -hmm. there are 50 countries mm -hmm. in the world and in Europe right that they control completely we can get money in any place in the world and we also can get drugs in any place in the world. But how, so that's, that's the very interesting one is the drugs. How would they, well, for, so a couple of things. You said that this operation started after 2014. 
That was no. that was when the U.S. backed the coup. Um, I can't remember the name. Who's the polit Who's the president of Ukraine back then? But that's when Poroshenko. Poroshenko. Uh, Poroshenko was the president before, and then there was a coup, yeah, right? There was a coup that the U.S. sponsored, and then they put their own president in, right? Okay, you have to understand. You can very easily find information. Very easily, you can find information about Mike Mikhail Maiman, where he fights in the restaurant. In back in 2014 or 19, 19 was before elections. Mm -hmm. With Ilya Kiva. Ilya Kiva. This is the person who was the head. He was the deputy of uh, the Minister of uh, Internal Affairs for Drugs. You know, he was the deputy, so, like, really high up person. And all this story has been lasting for a while now. When Mikhail created this battalion, Archangels of Michael, in February last year, of this year, when the aggression started, he went to war, but he's got, he had two deputies in the battalion who stayed in Kiev. And who were uh, doing the supplies from the rare. And they started this relationship with Burkin and Kimprom. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm going to move on. All right, you probably could look it up and find, you know, look the information up on your own and find out more about this uh, situation. But I'm pretty shocked, okay, about what's going on, credit card uh, scams cocaine dealing they're trying to weaken the russian people and the military so you're going to be easily able to take over and the russians will be too addicted soldiers will be too addicted to crack cocaine to follow orders and stay loyal to russia they may even side with ukraine trying to turn them into addicts <sighs> crazy crazy stuff all right i'm gonna move on to the next story well, not the next story, but I'll go on to more news about this. All right. There we go. Okay, we're going to be talking about the uh, tens of rays that's going on in Solidaire. Russian and Ukrainian forces were engaged in intense fighting on Wednesday over the town of Solidar in eastern Ukraine. A stepping stone in Moscow's push to capture the entire Donbass region. The Russians appeared to have the upper hand. 
Moscow's defense ministry said airborne units had cut off Solidar from the north and south. And the mercenary group Wagner, which has spearheaded the assault, said on Tuesday it now controlled the small salt mining town despite pockets of Ukrainian resistance in the center. But Ukraine's military denied Solidar had fallen and said its defensive lines had not been breached. Reuters was able to verify the location of this outdoor footage released by Ukraine's armed forces on Monday, but not the date it was filmed. It also purports to show Ukraine's Colonel General, Alexander Sirsky, speaking to soldiers in the region. Serhii Sheravati, spokesperson for the Eastern Military Command, told Ukrainian television the intensity of the battles was reminiscent of World War II. And Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov stopped short of claiming victory, acknowledging heavy Russian losses. Victory in Solidar would have symbolic, military and commercial value for Moscow after battlefield setbacks in recent months and provide a base to intensify attacks on Bakhmut. Russian state media said Wagner had taken over the town's cavernous salt mines, which once produced salt exported to 20 countries. This photograph posted on Wagner's telegram channel appeared to show the head, Yevgeny Prigozhin, and his fighters inside them. Reuters has been unable to independently verify the situation in Solidar because of the fierce fighting. But a Reuters photographer who reached the outskirts in recent days said many residents had fled along the roads out of the town in perishing cold. They saw ambulances waiting and chaotic scenes in field hospitals. Russian. All right. So that's a lot going on right there. Okay. When it comes to the uh, the war that's going on with the uh, Solidaire and how they uh, are taking over those salt mines. But let's start uh, to read an article. Okay. On uh, what's going on with the salt mines. Okay. Right. What are the Ukrainians hiding there? Do you know what's going on there? All right. Let's get to it. All right. What's Ukraine hiding in the underground city of Bakhmut and Saladar? There's a network of extensive salt and other mines in Ukrainian cities of Bokhmut and Solidar, consisting of over 100 miles of tunnels. They found, the founder of the Wagon Group, Russia's high-profile mercenary group, has said that the capturing Bokhmut would be significant in, as its underground cities can hold troops. Russian troops have escal escalated attacks led by the Wagner militia units on Solidar near the Bokhmut in eastern Ukraine. Ukraine Deputy Defense Minister Hanna Mala said on Telegram on Monday on the 9th of January that the, that though Ukrainian forces pushed back an early attempt to take the town, the Wagner units quickly changed tactics and brought additional soldiers, Reuters reported. The Guardian reported citing the UK Ministry of Defense that Russia and Wagner have made tactical advantages in the last four days and are likely to control most of Saladar. So the thing is, is as we know, that the fact is, is that Russia is not playing games, all right. And I, I, it does, like I said before, they're not going to win this war, not at all. 
Okay. Ukraine's Eastern Military Command spokesman Siri Cherovesity says Solodar was practically destroyed in the over five months long fighting as per the Kyiv Independent. Russians have concentrated their greatest efforts on Solodar. CNN quoted Ukrainian President Zelensky as saying in his nightly address on Monday, it's extremely difficult. There are almost no undamaged walls left. You better give up. That's all I got to say. You better give up, Zelensky. Located in Denex region, Solidar, and around 15 kilometers from Bokhmut, has seen intense fighting since Russia invaded Ukraine last year in February. A few days back, Yevdim Perezuskin, the founder of Russia's most high-profile mercenary group, the, Rag the Wagner Group, explained in detail why the capture of Bokhmut would be significant in the war, what lies in the underground cities of Bokhmut, and what is in Solidar. Why Wagner Group is after the two cities. Let's take a closer look. Okay. Pravdzi is a close ally of Russian President Vladimir Putin. Says mines in Bakhmut and Solodar would benefit Russia in the war with Ukraine. The cherry on the cake is the system of Solodar and Bakhmut mines, which is actually a network of underground cities. It not only has the ability to hold a big group of people at a depth of 80 to 100 meters, but tanks and infantry fighting vehicles can also move about, he wrote on the telegram, as per Reuters. He was referring to the network of vast salt and other mines in the region, which consists of 125 miles of tunnels. Dunnis Philharmonic Orchestra had performed a classic musical concert in the presence of an audience of 350 people there in October of 2007, noted Newsweek. So their salt mine, also called the Arishmal Salt Mine, is the largest salt producer in Central Eastern Europe, as per the Interfax report. It also boasts of walls as high as nine-story buildings, sculptures carved from salt and chapel, and a chapel. The huge salt seam under Solardar was formed after an ancient sea in the region dried up, reported Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty. As per Perez Wazin, a large stock of weapons had been kept in an underground complexes in Bakhmut since World War One. Further, he said, the city is considered to be a serious logistics center. Western military analysts are perplexed because of Russia's efforts to capture Bakhmut, which holds little strategic value. The only strategic I can see at this point is that they can want to take the city so they can claim some kind of victory after a year that has been seen so many losses. Sasha, a member of Ukraine's 24th Merchant Mechanized Brigade, told The Guardian. You're right. They're spanking you guys. Literally spanking you guys. We have noticed in the past two weeks an increase in the shelling and infantry attacks as if they are in a rush to take Bukmuk. That also means that they are suffering even greater losses. They're just throwing in meat. The member further added, Russia's aim to occupy all Eastern Dusk's oblasts and its administrative borders will be complete only after seizing Solidar and Bakhmut. The Kiev Independent noted last week, the White House official said that Perezhin was eyeing control of salt and gypsum from mines near Bakhmut. Wagner, which has played a significant 
part in Russia's assault against Bakhmut is likely driven by monetary motives, the U.S. official said. While they are mercenaries, the U.S. has early accused Russian mercenaries of exploiting natural resources in the Central African Republic, Mali, Sudan, and other places to provide funding for the war in Ukraine. Moscow has called the allegations anti-Russian rage, reported Reuters. You know, that's the funny thing about the United States government. That's the pot, pot meat kettle. That's basically what it is pot meat kettle because what does the united states government do okay exploit natural resources in other countries around the world and fingers really as per the telegraph president called putin's chief because of his catering contracts obtained from the russian government denied that that, that he is after the deposits in the ukrainian city saying the battle of bukmut would be decisive bukmut today is the meeting place of two armies like kilikuvo borodino and other historical examples where one army must destroy another he wrote on telegram and it seems to me that we are very, being very successful as per the guardian video release over the new year show goes in visiting a basement near bakhmut that was filled with the bodies of his fighters many of them convicts out of fifty thousand Wag wagner mercenaries fighting in ukraine alongside russian troops around forty thousand are former convicts or mostly murderers and drug dealers the U.S. has said, according to the Telegraph. I don't know how, what are you trying to do here? You know, labeling, oh, they're drug dealers and murderers and stuff like that. Um, yeah, about that. Uh, you allow people to come over here legally to this country, and you have them fight in the military sometimes. And if they, if they survive, they get citizenship. You don't know where these people come from. You don't know their past. You don't know what they've done before they got to the United States. But you just give them a gun, you want to fight for the USA, Uncle Sam, if you survive, you get citizenship. All right? Come on now. Like I said, pot calling the kettle black. Really, really, really just utter nonsense when it comes to that. That's how I see it when it comes to that. Okay. So... Let's talk about uh, McDonald's right here. Let's just say some people are just not loving what's going on here. Okay. Trust me. It's a story that they're not loving it. Yeah. Okay. Go.
issue here. Okay, so I'll just read it right here then, okay? Not loving it. McDonald's warns it will slash many of its 200,000 corporate staff in coming months as Chicago headquartered Burger Giants tackles inflation and upcoming recession. McDonald's CEO Chris uh, Kevzinski has revealed plans to slash corporate jobs later this year to help business grow. In a letter to a st on staff on Friday, the fast food giant boss said there would be difficult decisions and discussions ahead and warned that the company had become unfocused. We had, we had across the globe 70 different, different distinct versions of what a crispy chicken sandwich would look like, he wrote. I don't need 70 different permutations of chicken sandwich. McDonald's employees around 200,000 people around the world in corporate roles and company-owned restaurants with around 75% of those located outside of the U.S. Kipsinski said that the chain will begin layoffs in April of 2023. The news comes as a host of major firms, primarily in the technology sector, announced mass redundancies amid fears the U.S. will plunge into a recession this year. The Chicago-based burger restaurant operates 40,000 restaurants in over 160 countries with a total of 2 million staff in its franchise outlets. Around 13,000 of those locations are in the United States. The CEO also wrote in a letter today, we are divided into silos with a center, segments and markets. The memo was titled Accelerating the Arches 2.0. Well, you know, it was talked about for a long period of time that, uh, there would be um, there would be uh, a recession coming all right and you know look where we're at look where we're at right now all right he continued this approach is outdated and self-limiting we are trying to solve some the same problems multiple times aren't always sharing ideas and can be slow to innovate. Kaczynski also demanded the company speed up the rate of the new restaurant openings in order to cope with the demand. In an interview about the job cuts with the Wall Street Journal, Kaczynski said some jobs that are existing today are either going to be moved or, excuse me, those jobs may go away. He went on to tell the journal that the company does not have the set amount of jobs expected to be terminated or money that needs to be saved. McDonald's worldwide growth has stalled due to the rise of the dollar and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Recently, the company announced it was pulling out of Kazakhstan, which shares a border with Ukraine due to supply problems created by the war. Following the invasion, McDonald's was one of the many Western companies that pledged to leave Russia. The restaurant first opened in Moscow in, 30, in 32 years ago, regarded as a significant sign of the thawing of the Cold War. Kaczynski also wrote that in the letter of staff, 
while there's a lot of us to be proud of, there's a lot for us to be proud of, you've also told us that there's more we can do. We're performing at a high level, but we can do even better. On Friday, McDonald's shares were up to 2% with the company expected to publish its fourth quarter earning on January 31st. In the third quarter of the 2022, McDonald's reported earning $5.8 billion down from $6.2 billion at the same period in 2021. Typically, fast food restaurants do well during times of economic gloom as consumers seek to save money. McDonald's saw signs of growth in 2022 as prices were raised on core items. The company also adapted to the uh, pandemic by investing in delivery. Okay. At the same time Kaczynski's memo was being sent, the workers removed the branding from McDonald's outlets in Kazakhstan's biggest city, Almaty. It was one of the nicest places where I used to spend time with my friends, said local resident. Karina told Reuters, who only gave her first name, I doubt any other company will be able to compete with McDonald's in Kazakhstan. At the moment, there are no fast food chains can, can replicate the menu that McDonald's had for the same price. That's funny because Russia, they innovated. They had, you know, they had their own version of McDonald's and they survived. Okay. They basically told America, that's fine. You could leave They're, all your American business. We, you could leave. We can do better on our own. We have our own stuff. We'll take your little emblem. We'll change it around, but we will make our own stuff and probably it will be better. And, you know, Russia is putting America to shame. Okay. Just with that type of innovation, just with that type of, you know, elbow grease, and they use their own products from their own land. And that's what America should do. I mean, whatever happened to America first, whatever happened to, you know, American made. Okay. Whatever happened to that? I guarantee you that would help, you know, probably fight this recession. But, you know, the powers that be, they don't want it that way.
Okay. All right. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. So this one talking about an ex Virginia Tech soccer player who, um, who basically battled Black Lives Matter counter uh, cancel culture, and she won. And that's what happened. Okay. Article with me for a minute. One second. Okay, so I'll just read from the uh, I'll just read from the article since I can't get it to go on the screen. I don't know why. But here we go. Ex Virginia Tech soccer player who refused Black Lives Matter Neil gets a hundred thousand a hundred k in the settlement. Okay. Don't know what's going on. Apologize for the difficulties. A former Virginia Tech soccer player who accused her coach of benching her when she refused to kneel during a pregame social justice demonstration will get $100,000 under a lawsuit settlement, news reports were say. Kristen, Kirsten Henning is receiving the money after agreeing to dismiss the federal lawsuit she filed in 2021 against head coach Charles Chugger Adder on First Amendment grounds. The Renault Times reported the settlement includes no admission of wrongdoing by either Henning or her former coach, said lawyer Cameron Norris to the outlet. Henning claimed she was benched after Edir Gate became frustrated by her political views, which often differed from those of her teammates. Henning has specifically refused to kneel during a social justice demonstration in support of Black Lives Matter movement in 2020. Former Virginia Tech soccer player Christian Henning 
In her lawsuit, Henning said that while she supports social justice and believes that Black Lives Matter, she does not support Black Lives Matter, the organization, citing its tactics and core tenets of its mission statement, including defunding the police. I agree with her. After Henning opted not to kneel during a reading of a unity statement before a September 12, 2020 game against the University of Virginia, her coach verbally attacked her during halftime, she said. Adair berated Henning and benched her in two games later. She quit the team altogether, saying in the lawsuit that she was forced out because of her coach's campaign of abuse and retaliation. I mean, everybody has possibly, you know, everybody has woken up to Black Lives Matter being a total scam. They've woken up to the fact that Black Lives Matter doesn't care about blacks at all. They just use the death of blacks, okay, to further their position in whatever they want. It's basically it. That's what they do. They don't care about blacks. They care about themselves. They care about fueling their own agenda. That's what they care about. Nothing more. All right. I don't know what happened to the screen now. Hold on. Okay, let's see about this. Oh. Let me see here. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, uh, George. I didn't see your chats. Um, let's see here. I'll ask them now. I don't know what. Hold on a second. Okay, here we are. All right, as. All right. Yeah, people, they have no honor. They want to. It's crazy. It's crazy what's going on here. And the United States, <laughs> I wonder if the United States sees any of this. Any of this at all. You know, but hey, I, I don't know what to say. I really don't. Because I think it's just all part of the plan, really. Part of the plan. He wants to trust the science trust everything but our common sense okay i've seen videos i've seen the videos it's horrific ukraine is killing off its own people with the war and the drugs yeah pretty much now back to what i was saying about black lives matter right um everybody's woken up to the scam of what they are basically you know they stole money from the from all those people who have actually lost loved ones due to police brutality and you're living high off the hog buying mansions you have your own deal with wb warner brothers and um you just left black people behind and you're doing the bidding of joe biden who basically screwed you guys over All right, and everybody has seen this. Everybody has gotten information. The internet has supplied a vast well of information on what's really going on with Black Lives Matter. So I don't understand why some people would be upset when you see somebody who's found out the information. They say, I don't want to kneel anymore. I don't want to support this organization that is corrupt 
I don't want to support an organization that basically you talk about Black Lives Matter, but only specific blacks are allowed in that organization. You have to be part of the Skittle Brigade to be part of the Black Lives Matter organization. It's not about black families. All right. You have to be part of the Alphabet Gang to be part of it. So this is a, this is an uh, organization that scam blacks with no conscience at all. And when other people see that who actually care about the, the plight of blacks suffering this country due to white supremacy and police brutality, why would they want to support that? Why would they want to kneel? They have every right to not want to kneel, to not want to participate in a farce, in a Ponzi scheme off the blood and deaths of black people who were murdered by police. Crooked cops. Makes perfect sense to me. All right. All right, let's keep going. All right. On December 2nd, federal judge Thomas Killen denied a motion to dismiss the lawsuit, agreeing that Henning's time on the field decreased after the incident. Her coach had argued that two other players who also chose not to kneel did not face reduced playing time. Ultimately, Adair may convince a jury that this coaching decision was based solely on Henning's poor play during the UVA game. But the court viewing the evidence in light most favorably to Henning cannot reach that conclusion the matter of law, Cullen ruled. January 4th, Adair released a statement on Twitter saying, I'm pleased the case against me has been closed and I am free to move forward clear of any wrongdoing. Henning chose not to kneel down during a reading, a reading of a unity statement before a September 12th, 2020 game against the University of Virginia. It is unfortunate, but this ordeal was about a disappointment and a disagreement about playing time. Today, we have clarity that this lack of the lack of standing and without evidence, the truth has prevailed, Adair said. I'm happy for her. All right. And she did the right thing. Okay, because people are sick of Black Lives Matter. They really are. They are tired of the the nonsense. They are tired of the buffoonery in the lies of Black Lives Matter. And the psychopathic ability just to not care about people that you promised to help. Tamir's Rice's mother, you know, is still grieving about her losing her son to corrupt cops. And what has Black Lives Matter done about that? What have they done? They, Black Lives Matter needs to be sued to the ground. It really does. But unfortunately, that will not happen because it's a uh, structure now in the hands of George Soros. Let's get on to the next story. This one is about... Uh, 
young rapper who was held at gunpoint and threatened by police traffic. Let's get into that story. At a traffic stop. Sitting right here. You take off in this car, machine. I'm gonna make it super easy on you. Second. You take off in this car, machine. I'm gonna make it super easy on you. You put this car in drive, you're getting one white to the chest. An LASD deputy threatens to shoot an unarmed black man while he is parked in his car in Gardena. The sheriff's department released that body cam video in an effort to transparent. The video has gone viral in public outrage concern. KTLA 5's Rick Chambers is live in Gardena where it all happened. Rick. Yeah, Pedro, that man that you see in the video there is said to be a rapper whose stage name is Feezy LeBron. Now, this is a, a pretty busy little parking lot here, too. There's two very popular weed dispensaries at the other end, and people are coming and going all the time. Now, this particular man was sitting in his car on his phone when the deputies approached. Take a look. What are you doing? Stop, stop, stop. It was just before 6 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Rapper Feezy LeBron is sitting in his car in this Gardena parking lot along Crenshaw Boulevard when passing L.A. County deputies stop and demand that he get out. Right. I'm just going to spray you. Get out. Get out or you're getting sprayed. Get out or you're getting sprayed. Get out or you're getting sprayed, bro. Get out. This body cam footage shows one deputy standing off to the... the right as the other threatens to spray the rapper with a chemical if he stays in the car. Then suddenly, it escalates. You take off in this car, I'm shoot you. I'm gonna make it super easy on you. You put this car in drive, you're getting one white to the chest. I don't care what you got, I don't care if you got bull on you, but guess what, bro, now you gotta deal with it. But if you pull some bull you're gonna take one to the chest. With his hands raised, the rapper asks, why do you want to shoot me? You gonna comply or no? With. If you move your hands from right there, you're in trouble. So you're going to shoot me? I'm sitting in the damn car, bro. At this point, the deputy calls for backup. Move your hands from right there, and you're done. Sorry about the arrest or what, bro? You got guns on you are, you are most definitely 1,050% detained. Feezy is told that if he doesn't comply with the deputies, he'll be arrested and his car towed. He decides to get out. Because right now you already resisted my partner by, by ripping your hand away. Your partner came and opened my damn door by okay. himself. Step out and comply to him. Your partner Perfect. came and opened my damn door. Newly elected Sheriff Robert Luna, who campaigned on improving community relations, released this body cam footage and a statement today saying in part, one deputy displayed pepper spray then drew his firearm and used unprofessional language, which later resulted in a complaint filed by the community member. The Sheriff's Department has opened an investigation into the deputy's actions and language. 
In the end, that uh, man with the wrapper was given a ticket for having a missing license plate. He was not arrested, though. In Gardena, I'm Rick Chambers. Guys, let me throw back to you in the studio. Let me tell you something about the L.A. Sheriff's Department in L.A. They run like a gang. They do this to non-whites, blacks especially. They have white supremacist gangs in the L.A. Sheriff's Department, the Wayside Whiteys, the Bandinos, the Executioners, the Jump Out Boys. So they're protected. Okay. They once beat a black man, just stepped out of the car. They beat him so bad that he lost an eye. Nothing really happened to him. That is how, that is how bad they are. Nothing really gets uh, gets done about it. They were saying, "Oh, he was resisting." Yeah, he 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 was resisting, sure. And you just just body cam footage too, and it was brutal, very much. Investigation launched after body cam reveals L.A. deputies threatened to shoot Feezy LeBron. Feezy LeBron's running with the sheriff's deputies in Los Angeles on New Year's Eve has spawned an investigation in what appeared to be an unprovoked encounter. The lyricist's life was allegedly threatened when the deputy drew his weapons. LeBron captured some of the interaction on Instagram Live. The recording revealed a deputy said, I'm going to make it e super easy on you. Put this car in drive. You're getting one right in the chest. I don't care what you got. I don't care if you got some BS. But guess what, bro? Now you got to deal with it. If you pull some BS, you're going to take it on the ch to the chest, one to the chest. According to the department, deputies were on patrol in the 14900 block of Crenshaw Boulevard around 5.45 p.m. when they turned their attention to LeBron as he sat in his vehicle. Things took a turn when the songwriter inquired why he was asked to exit his vehicle. The ordeal included a gun and pepper spray aimed at him. He was detained at the scene for a short while and cited for a missing license plate. Really? The LA Police Department released a statement and body cam footage on Friday, January 6th, as the investigation as the encounter was announced. While the department does not make statements related to ongoing investigations, Sheriff Luna made it clear that he expects department personnel to treat all members of the public with dignity and respect and that personnel who do not uphold our training standards will be held accountable, the message said. In a post pinned to the No Lauren Artist Instagram page, he shared the names and badge numbers of deputies who confronted him with the images of one of the men. Let's get this guy face out there before he gets a chance to murder a young black male sitting in his parked car, unarmed, approached my car for no reason, didn't know I was still on live. Remember, they just want a reason to kill you. This is the norm, he wrote. That's basically what it, how it is in L.A. The L.A. Sheriff's Department, straight up white supremacist city, basically racist because, you know, these are these people are not white. They're Hispanics. Well, you do have whites there, but you have Hispanics as well. 
and they are harming, maiming, and sometimes killing black men. LeBron also shared more footage captured by onlookers in it. Several LAPD members are seen. The MC and another man spoke with one law enforcement official. Another officer looked under the hood of a black Mercedes G-Wagon, just glad to have survived this that last encounter. These guys are literally hunting us. Please continue to share. This is the way I'm most likely to die. It will always end with handcuffs and guns drawn, wrote LA-based artist in the January 4th Post. It's, it's a sad thing, man. It's a black man. You always have to be prepared. You always have to have, you know, your phone charged, small little body cam, because this is how it is in certain places of America, especially in LA, where you have people like this behind a batch animals story for tonight okay i'm gonna be talking about valencia Valencia 2.0 Ukrainian company Gorsai Kiev glamorizes pedophilia and child abuse by producing disturbing images for photography projects. This is freaking crazy, man. Absolutely. It's like Ukraine is just... I don't know what really to say. It's like Ukraine is... the, the What is it? The devil's, the devil's armpit? basically what I would say because it seems like everything that is corrupt and evil is coming out of Ukraine whatever ties they have is just it's attached to Ukraine any evil ties Ukraine's into it if you thought Valencia was over think again a company in Ukraine that specializes in alternative photography produces content that glamorizes sexualization and abuse of children Disturbing photos of minors have begun circling online after users discover an Instagram account full of inappropriate pictures. Account in question is owned by at Jesus Kiev, and it belongs to a company called Gorstad Kiev. The majority of their photographs include small children being abused. Below, there's a photo of two little boys with their heads in plastic bags. There's another image of a little girl lying in bed with a choker on and another minor is seen with a chain around her neck. Okay, so I'm just going to I'm going to read the article, but I am not going to post it. I'm not going to post the article here. I'm just going to read it. That's what I'm going to do. All right, that's what I'll do. All right, it's a tweet from 
Jake Shields. There are some picks from Gorky Fashion Company in Ukraine. Ukraine is also one of the hotbeds of human trafficking. This is sick and far worse than Valencia. This was brought to my attention by at Majid Nawaz. In the post below, a young girl wrapped in plastic bag lies in a bed with a and a blonde girl who looks like no younger than seven poses provocatively in minimal clothes and heels. According to their official website, Gorsad is a Kiev-based trio of artists named Marsha Romanik, Yulik Romanik, and Vita Vasely. They specialize on alternative photography and pro and provocative video, and their works are mainly focused on youth, feelings, and sexuality in all their peculiarities and oddities. They often collaborate with fashion publications. Their list of clients includes TTSWTRS, uh, Little Vasiskia, Luxotopia, Skim Milk LA, Tender and Dangerous, Hood by Air, um, Alan Bodovic's Max Barsink, Ariel Pink, Days Magazine, Disillusion, Skateboarding, and Cash Broke. Gorsard's work has been published in large magazines, including Vogue, El Official, Numero, Liberation, Days Magazine, Capital Novini, ID, Vice. Vice is pretty much pro-pedophile. Tush, Trip Mag, Tissue Mag, S Mag, and more. Here's a tweet from uh, Natalie Denise. Oh, yes. Indeed, indeed, peep these fashion publications. Some big names on the list, as public as Gorsai Kiev, is with their debauchery. I'm pretty sure these fashion publications knew what type of mixed media they were potentially working with. Also note the cities they featured in. All right. <clears throat> One user at et, it's Natalie Denise discovered some of their work on Instagram, Gosad shared an image they were proud of, and it was selected by none other than Vogue. It was showed a frail minor nearly naked in bed, hugging her knees in her hugging her knees to her chest. Good grief, man. Damn. Oh, come on now. There are other pictures with more graphic. They had one of two underage males staring up at someone's crouch. Another photograph includes two minors licking lollipops. All right, and that's that's basically it. I, I can't go any further. Listen, I'm not going any further. I'm just not. So we're gonna uh, skip that. All right, and that's just what I'm gonna do. You know what? Let me see if I could do at least two more stories. Let's do that. Okay. Okay. So um, let's talk about these uh, satellite images. Let's talk about how what's what's going on with that and how they're recording what's going on with China. Let's get into that story quick. need a closer look let me show you some satellite photographs what do you see here a town that's right it is a Chinese town Kunming 
This is where it is located, in the Yunnan province. Let's go back to the photo. Do you see a crowd on the left side of your screen? These people have gathered around a funeral home. They are here to bid goodbye to their loved ones. It's hard to see how many of them died because of the Wuhan virus, but a lot of them clearly did. And I will tell you why I say so. Because experts compared this satellite image to the ones taken previously of this same space. And they found the crowd to be unusual. It just so happens that the increase in the number of people around the funeral homes coincides with the rise in the Wuhan virus cases in China. It is a wave that China denies. But pictures here are speaking for themselves. Let me show you a fresh set. These are images of a funeral home located in Beijing's outskirts. This one was taken on the 6th of December 2022. And this one on the 24th of December. Do you see a difference here? The funeral home has an extended parking lot. What for, you wonder? To make space for the incoming traffic, of course. And these are photos from Nanjing in Jiangsu province. On the 9th of November, 2022, this funeral home's parking lot was empty. But on the 3rd of January, it was crowded. It so happens, the crowd coincided with China's desperation to hide an outbreak. This is a funeral home in the Zhejiang province. And again, you see a similar trend. In January 2021, the parking lot was empty. Cut to January 2023, it's a full house. There are similar photographs from Sichuan, Hebei. These images tell, you, tell the story that China has been trying to hide. It's a story of deaths. COVID-19 chaos and lies. China says only 37 people have died of the Wuhan virus since the 7th of December and 5,000 have died since the beginning of the pandemic. For some reason, China expects us to believe that number. At Weon, we know better. We have been telling you stories from Shanghai, where 70% of the residents are reportedly infected. We also told you about Henan, where 90% of the residents are supposedly down with the Wuhan virus. Analysts believe that the COVID-19 wave is now moving away from Chinese cities and it is moving towards the rural areas. The part of China where factory workers and laborers returned following the outbreak of the Wuhan virus. Reports say the rural areas are a mess. People are rushing to the healthcare centers. But the clinics and hospitals are understaffed. There aren't enough resources and doctors are being forced to work for 14 hours a day. The head of a clinic told the media that the medicine supply is depleted to the extent that the clinic has had to suspend, suspend the prescription. A doctor says the waiting rooms are full and Wuhan virus patients are being forced to line up outside the medical facilities. It is a double whammy, really. There is the Wuhan virus, and there isn't enough resource to fight it. The elderly are being hit the hardest. One village doctor said that he alone knows 50 people in his village who have died since the start of December. 
Yet, China maintains the death toll since December is 37. It would have been funny had it not been so tragic. China needs to stop cooking stories and start focusing on the crisis at home. It should at least try to address the problem. Instead, it is bullying neighbors in its spare time. China has stopped issuing short-term visas to South Koreans and the Japanese. We told you about this yesterday, how the move was in retaliation to the two countries stepping up border controls to ensure that the infected Chinese tourists are not given a free run in the country. And now, South Korea has called the Chinese punitive measures, quote-unquote, significantly regrettable. Seoul also asked China to align its pandemic steps with scientific and objective facts. Well, if you ask me, this is asking too much of China. Let's look at how the Japanese responded to the visa ban. Tokyo calls the Chinese move one-sided because China is banning entry for the Japanese on non-COVID grounds. It's very regrettable that China has unilaterally taken visa suspension action for reasons beyond virus control. We have lodged a protest to China through our diplomatic channel and asked them to lift visa suspension. Our country will monitor the COVID-19 situation in China and its information disclosure and will respond appropriately. And as the war of words plays out, the WHO, that we lovingly call the China Health Organization, has asked the travelers to guard up and mask up. Is, the WHO putting, is this the WHO putting its weight behind what we have been saying for weeks now? The reopening of the Chinese border has risked a reinfection that Chinese travelers have become a threat to others taking a flight. That China has put tourists around the world at risk. Yesterday, we told you why you should cancel or postpone your trip to Thailand. And here's an update to that story. Did you know Thailand sent three ministers to Bangkok's airport to welcome passengers of the first Chinese flight? It's unheard of. Basically, Thailand is rolling out the red carpet for the Chinese tourists to come infect the people of Thailand and everyone else visiting the country. This is the dumbest move I've ever heard. Why would you want to do that to your own people? They struggling with that. Why bring their problems over to your country? If I was them, I would have the I would cut off all communication with them. No one gets in or out. You got family over there? Tough. You got a husband over there? Tough. You got kids over there? I don't care. We have to protect ourselves. This is stupid. Isn't China trying to take you all over? Isn't they trying to take your semiconductors? Why are you like, whatever. We on. Anyway. This is what I got. Hope you like the live stream. Anything you want to know about this channel in the description box. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe. 
Um, if you like the content, likes help the algorithm. Okay. Let me know what you think in the comments about these news stories. Later.